Most Divided Podcast. Sorry, folks, we had some technical difficulties. But as I was about to say, a couple weeks ago, Jeremy, you were telling me about how uh, much better Ben Van Sumeren looked than uh, than you guys thought. And uh, just the secondary in general, I know you guys are absolutely hammered with injuries right now. So that And that is not an excuse. That is just reality. You have like half of your starting defense gone, and, and that sucks. But to be frank, the secondary looks like it might be the worst in America. And the offensive line is not creating a run game. And Kenneth Walker should have won the Heisman last year. <laughs> um, That's true. Can we can we end the Michigan MSU debate and say that like he belongs there now? Can we end that? He should have won it. I'm not being sarcastic. You see the turnaround because this is not much better than what was going on last year on the offensive line. <laughs> And like, or, or you know what I mean? Not much worse, yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, man, that dude was ridiculous. <laughs> cause, cause I mean, what did you guys like rush for like 30 or 40 yards this week? You see, I was just searching for the box score, but you know, before my internet tried to protect me and not make me look this up. So yeah, there's no point. It, we don't need to look at the box. Score, no, guys. no, we do. No, 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 we do. Because I, I have, I have thoughts. Okay, let's hear yeah, let's hear the Michigan State fans' thoughts. I uh I'll I'll quit just being a dick. So I mean there's losing, right? Like losing this game, if you want to try and spin this, you say, well, Washington could win the Pac twelve and Minnesota could win the Big Ten West. So we'll win the Big losses. Ten West. Yeah, at this point it kind of feels like they have to, right? Like Inevitable. Wisconsin is clearly not there. So okay, so you try and spin it that way. And so you can lose those games. And even now, in hindsight, after watching this game, the Minnesota, the Washington loss is nowhere near as bad as what we just watched this Saturday. But you can't lose this way. And let me list off some of my favorite hits from this loss. The secondary is bad, yes. You can't lose and let Tanner, geriatric fucking Morgan, He's go bald. 23 of 26. For three touchdowns, only 268 yards, so that's nice. Uh, you are correct, Brendan. We rushed for a total 38, 38 yards, yeah. um, which is fantastic. Also, it doesn't take rocket science to know that the defense isn't great. Maybe <clears throat> a week after you saw your team go down 22 to nothing in the first quarter, but had some competency in the offense to make a nice run in the second half, you would, I don't know, when you win the coin toss, decide, hey, let's not start the game down 7 nothing. Maybe we go against the analytics and we say, we'll take the ball first. And if we go three and out, that's our own fault. But they would have no, gone three and out. But no, but no, we go on defense first and Minnesota marches right down. No no stops anywhere on the field uh we have two white boys as linebackers who are just shredded in coverage um we have a pass rush specialist who can't show off his work because you god forbid you send a blitz because when you send a blitz you get angelo gross trying to cover a tight end or a wide receiver which is just you're going to have a bad time. Now, what I will say about that is it's not like he's that much worse than the other oh, <laughs> secondary members. No, he's not. But he is by far clearly known if there's a blitz coming and you have to sacrifice a cornerback, that has now put Angelo Gross on someone in the slot or the tight end. And all Angelo Gross can do is maybe a cool big hit. That's about it. He has no coverage skills. Not great for a safety. Not not good when you have zero coverage skills in your yeah. third year in the program. Not great. Not great. Yeah, man. I, I don't and know. And he gets to go home you. to Maryland this weekend and get absolutely torched in his home state. So that's cool. Um, yeah, man, I don't I don't know how you watch oh, and 
if you thought the Brian Lewerke experience was fun, where you saw your quarterback play with a shoulder injury and clearly not be good and be himself as any potential that he had, we might have reached that point with Peyton Thorne because he didn't practice until Friday, played Saturday, and clearly is not healthy but is going to play through it and continue to miss receivers when we have time to throw the ball. So that's cool. I... I'm not here to rip kids. I I hate doing that. I hate the parts of MSU fan base who have, including people who have said Jaden Reed now is trash because he, whatever. I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into that. That's Meltdown City if you're telling me that Jaden Reed's trash. (laughs) I'm not going to get into that and why that's so dumb and the fact that maybe you should have a mind that lasts more than 40 seconds if you want to try and have a podcast or write about sports or go to Twitter and share your thoughts, like whatever, like Jaden Reed's not trash. But at this point, there's tons that I can throw at you that logically make sense. It was illogical that we went 11 and two last year. (laughs) It was illogical after COVID that they just hit on everything in the portal that they needed to and got breaks and won every close game to go 11 and two sliding back this year is totally okay. There's still way too many late era D'Antonio recruits on the field. Mel Tucker's kids are redshirt freshmen or freshmen because his first true class was recruited on zoom. I'm not going to hold that against him, but You can't lose this way. Yeah. You have to find a way to do the D'Antonio trick where in the season you go three and nine, you lose a one possession game to a playoff Ohio State team. You have to find a way. I don't give a shit about the contract. I love that we're bilking billionaires out of their money to give me entertainment because I should get one thing in my life out of billionaires. That's right. Socialism. But, but you are in fact paid nine and a half million dollars. You need to have some results here in the next two months. And October is looking at an 0 and 4 month. I don't see the win. Saturday morning, I'll wake up and say we can beat Maryland. But as we sit here Wednesday, I don't see a win. And we're looking at two and six, Brandon, and the wheels completely coming off. So I don't know, man. Like, do I think now, rant over on just how to get the negativity out? No, I'm not ready to say no Tucker's pretty home. Well, of course, okay, no, of course not. I, I, think, I was getting jokes. No, off. I know. No, and I'm not blaming you. I think if you're a Michigan fan, like you said on Twitter very, very well, if you can't enjoy your rival struggling, what what What's are we, the point? What is this all yeah, about? Yeah. Right. right. I, so totally. No, you deserve to say it. No, I'm not looking to reevaluate Mel Tucker, and I'm not even pissed that he's not making coaching changes midseason because I just don't think it would matter. Matter. You can no. You can fire some coaches, whatever. It doesn't matter. It it gives some bloodlust to the fans. It does no service to the players. It does no service to the team and the winning and, and the rest of the season. I don't yeah. really care. And again, it the money the money is going to be paid to them if you fire them. So I don't care. Like there's no benefit. But this now has become a very important offseason outside of just recruiting because. Brendan, he got a four-star commitment from a top 175 player on Monday. I don't think that I'm worried about the recruiting. So now when we get to the offseason, we can't judge Mel Tucker on recruiting the way that MSU fans have hyped him up for the last two summers. Now it's time to see we were pitched when he came into the interview. He had a binder full of CEO-level ideas of like from nutrition to strength training to all as social media, all aspects of how you manage a program and you get a program to be a playoff program. He came in with a book full. If he can't see this offseason that at least two to three coaches need to be off this staff and he needs to go elephant hunting for some big-time coaches, then throw that binder out. He clearly doesn't know how to be the CEO 
of the program. He can still be a quality football coach, one that a program of the history of Michigan State would be happy to have if he can get back to, you know, 11 and two seasons occasionally and you have minor slip backs, then you get back to the 11 and two. That's what the Mark D'Antonio experience was. But the Mark D'Antonio experience was also way too loyal to your guys. Yes. And not making the changes that you need to make. I think Mel Tucker will make the changes this offseason. I think there's some hints in his press conferences. You can read coach press conferences to get whatever you want out of it. I think it's coming, but. I agree with that. For the record, from the outside, I agree with that because I also think that Michigan State is careening towards two and six at the end of October. Um, and that sucks because a lot of that is schedule driven because, you know, most five and seven teams, let's say they finish with that record, right? Don't end up at a point where they're two and six. And that is what I'm talking about when I say schedule driven. This is clearly mm-hmm. not a very good team, but the ebbs and flows you normally get in a season like that, like even Brady Hoax last year, they were they had a chance going into the Ohio state game. If you win, you're bowl eligible. And, and I think that's where Michigan state will be at um, against Penn state, but you don't have a lot of teams like that go two and six. And I do think that's schedule driven. So, and I think, and, and this is, I mean, in MSU is totally the case where you could go two and six, but at the end of that, right before you play the weakest part of your schedule, you have Xavier Henderson come back. You have mm-hmm. maybe Peyton Thorne is fully healthy by then if he doesn't get hurt over these next four weeks. Uh, we know Darius Snow is not coming back, but maybe Jacob Slade is back. You maybe get healthy for that stretch run to get into a bowl game. Which, right, I mean, and then who knows if you can beat Penn State to get in a bowl game. Like a, a, a more healthy Michigan State team against hey, James Franklin? One yeah. of the most important games Marty Tony ever did was a late-season sixth win where he got a team i think it was actually over minnesota funny enough to get them bowl eligible like um so i mean and here's the other thing like and, and i know preseason i think i took the over on seven and a half wins but i think my over would probably be about eight so if you can give me the six or seven wins especially as we said today i'm happy with that i take that lock mm-hmm. that in every single day um and my last point before we move on, we got to get to Michigan, Maryland and, and move the show on is, and I, I like how you said it, you know, kind of covering it kind of leads into my point. As bad as it is on Twitter.com, it's just like politics. It's just like anything else in life. That is just 2% of the world. <laughs> that is yes. not how bad it is everywhere. Like I see fans sitting there and being like, oh, like, I can't believe the players are going to say this. The coaches are going to say this in this press conference. What do you expect? <laughs> they have like, to go out to there and off... say something. What do you want you need... them to say? We fucking suck like that. You need to get off Twitter.com and think that a coach is going to come out there and tweet what you tweeted after seven Molsons in the third quarter. Like, it's just, it's not going to happen. And, and also, I know not every one of us including myself here, was a Division One athlete or even a great high school athlete or anything. But I can tell you as someone who works with Division One athletes and also can even think of myself as the crappy high school athlete that I was, like, did you all quit this easy in high school, like in your athletic experiences? Yeah. Did, you, did you all seriously did quit Did you go this two and two hard? and then say I'm done? Did you all, like – yeah. Like, if you played high school football, like, mid-first quarter of a game, just go like, oh, well, shit, this sucks. I'm not going to try. Yeah. Who, the f- who are, like, the softness that is on display from a fan base who shouldn't be that spoiled. I love my life as a Michigan State Spartan, and I will never change. But, my God, man, it's embarrassing. And I'm back on the fan base. I don't want to be on the fan base. But I just, I do think that it's not as bad as you, when we all have to congregate on Saturday and complain about it. Yeah. It's not as well, everybody as feels the need to tweet through not, their emotions. Yeah. This program is maybe not as far down from last year as we think we are, but I think we also need to recognize that as fun as last season was, we had some awesome breaks go our way to end up at 11 and two, and we were not as high up as we thought we were. So this is kind of evening out. Let's see how they can still like weather this storm. Um, I will use no more coach lingo and no more slogans to say how I think we'll get through oh this. Even though I love them as well, but uh, yeah, man, I, yeah, no, 
Your, your tweet on Saturday about uh, <laughs> what slogans we're going to throw at this. <laughs> at least at least if you're going to complain on Twitter, you were witty about it instead of just screaming like a toddler. Well, and I will straight up tell you, I make my hockey clients read the book that Mel Tucker talks about neutral thinking. Like the neutral mindset to me is huge. I can tell you for the last three weeks, and it will probably happen while we're on this show, once a day I have a kid tell me I got scratched and start melting down about like i'm in canada i got scratched tonight i need to go home like this sucks and they're just i need to save a kid from quitting his entire hockey career it feels like like that's why i'm exhausted i've been doing this for three weeks but i have my kids read this book and i always get to come back to just like neutral mindset man you're gonna have days where it is absolutely brutal Mm-hmm. But if you don't get too high and you don't get too low, you're going to find a way that you're still playing in Canada in January and all of a sudden you're second line. Like it's just you need to stay neutral because the kids around you are going to buy into the high and low yeah. and you need to take advantage of that. So I get it. I love the keep chopping thing. It's something that I love to use myself. Like it's great. But we have, as a marketing person myself, too, that is a terrible look when it's going sideways, and that's the risk you take, man. Yeah, but like, man, there's there's no good look when it's going this sideways, so it, it doesn't even matter. This, it became the Brady Hope clap, right? Yes, so the, exactly. The shopping thing is the Brady Hope clap, and, and Mel claps a lot too, and it's not yeah. a bad thing, but it is no. perfect fodder yes. when you are the people. Best. And it, the the thing is, is when you come out and have the last couple of weeks like Michigan State did. People are going to get their jokes off literally no matter what. It doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what you say. People are going to make fun of it because that's college football. And like – and don't think that we are sitting here chastising those who are tweeting through their emotions during the game. I do it. Jeremy does it sometimes. I do and then I delete. So judge me even harsher. Please judge me harsher. I'm just saying that I don't want to say that I'm judging people who do it. Correct. They have every right to do it. But what I do want to say is that I hope that deep down off of Twitter, they might see that it's not as bad as it is. Because we all know it's fun to just kind of play the nihilist on Twitter. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You and I are socialist communists. Like, we know how bad it is out there. Our entire existence is getting on Twitter and talking about how bad everything is. That's like in the big world. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of like our favorite. Like that's our thing to do. Brandon. It's it's just easy to be negative, and, and we listen to music to depress us. That is yeah, like that is that absolutely true and a hilarious point. Um, yeah, we we got to get off this game. I, I yeah. just did want to clarify that because uh, 100%. as much as we bitch about the Twitter experience, we're all still there for a reason. Oh, <laughs> so, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be worse Saturday because I'm worse at home than when I'm in the stadium. So oh yeah, God knows if it's going bad Saturday, I'm I'm gonna be yes through it and then deleting them at like 8 p.m. Saturday night because Alan Heller follows me on Twitter, so I gotta be careful. But, <laughs> So tell Plus, me, yeah. Um, so speaking of being at the stadium, not the greatest signal. I didn't really get to follow the Michigan game much. A uh, friend of the show, Eric Seeds, had to actually text me updates because my, sometimes my phone signal was so bad. Because I work on campus, it tries to get me on the campus Wi-Fi, which is just awful on a football Saturday. Even though I turn it off, it just it's brutal. Um, so I, you know, I couldn't really even get my score app to work. But I mean. You guys go seven. You go seven nothing up ten seconds into the game because of a hilarious, hilarious that bounces off a dude's helmet. Um, and then I think I saw you guys were up like, what what happened from there? Like I, I okay, thought Michigan so was just going to stay in control. Let me let me run through this. So yeah, the hilarious doink off the the guy's helmet happens, and then they recover it, score on the first play, eight seconds in, and that has to be a record for a team who kicked off in the football game by the way right like that has to be it's incredible and so outside of a fumble return that's that has to be a record for you ran offensive play like the only way you could beat that has to be you recovered said fumble but even that feels like it would take longer than eight seconds or even a kickoff return touchdown you know so but anyways they go up seven zero maryland gets the ball back obviously responds with three points of their own Michigan, I think at that point, got another field goal. It, basically, in the first half, it was really tight. Um, and they were going to go down 13-10 at halftime, but they run a pretty nice two-minute drill. And then Blake Corum breaks one off for like 40 yards on fourth and one. So they go into halftime up 
Um, got a little conservative, but still, I think, I think it, I don't remember the exact uh, order of events, but you know, late they, they kind of no point scored in the third quarter. And then in the fourth quarter, Maryland gets a little close and then Michigan put the dagger in with like three minutes left and Maryland scored a garbage time touchdown basically. Um, so so it, I think so for someone who doesn't watch it, I think it's an interesting way of me asking questions. I'm like, I didn't watch it. So let's think of the big storylines that I would want to know out of a game. Blake Corum. Uh, I can tell right no, now. Well, okay. no, no, that's yeah, go the obvious one. I can look at a box where I say Blake Corum went off, right? Yes. So I want to know the line 17 and a half. Blake Corum going off was helpful towards Michigan getting to the line. So I need to ask JJ. What was JJ? So JJ had a decent game, I would say. It's his first Big Ten start, and he's getting graded on this curve, right, where the expectations are so high that Michigan's Michigan fans were melting down in during this game, as which we, I mean, as we both want to do. <laughs> yes, yes, correct. But so, and everybody's like, "Well, JJ didn't play great." I'm gonna read you off JJ McCarthy's stat line right here. Okay. Yeah, 18 for 26, 220 yards for like eight and a half yards in attempt, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. The last thing's the biggest. Key. If, if, no if well, and see, here the thing he is, I'm going to explain with more context, okay. context. He had one throw that absolutely should have been a pick, but the defender couldn't keep his feet in bounds. Okay. Um, and then he did lose a fumble on kind of one where you're like, what the fuck? But Michigan recovers. So okay. he did not have a perfect game. He didn't even really, I would say, have a good game for for the standards okay. we're holding him to. But if Cade McNamara puts that stat line up, <laughs> nobody in the Michigan fan base is complaining if he did that last year. Not a single person. Yeah, and, and here's the thing about JJ with this game is he missed most of them were pretty close. I think one was pretty bad. He missed out of his eight incompletions. Five of them were on deep shots of 30 yards or more that he missed by not by much on a couple of them. And and honestly, as a long-term outlook type thing, I'm not expecting him to continue missing on those. So I'm not really worried about it. And to play the other side of the coin, those are shots you're not even taking with Kate because he's not Correct. he's not hitting those to begin with. So correct. So, okay, so that covers JJ. Um, now, big thing preseason, and obviously something that we couldn't tell first three weeks of your preseason, essentially with that schedule. Uh, defensive line, like how did how did it hold up? Like, they I didn't mean, get a lot of pressure. They got kind of gashed in the run game, which I will say it, it could turn out that Michigan's run defense is just terrible. But I will say I was pretty impressed by Maryland here. And that's going to be a theme you'll hear a lot from me during this conversation because their play calling was really opportunistic. And yeah. it, and their run game was actually moving. Um, they did get some pressure mostly in the second half on Tagovailoa. Um, but – He's an evasive quarterback. He did he did the his Talia things where he j- escapes pressure and then tries to throw a pick or something. And, and uh, Michigan does pick him off twice. One of those should have been reviewed and probably should have been overturned. I don't know how it didn't get reviewed, but DJ. I did Turner, see that in the park. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, DJ Turner gets that pick, and then uh, and then RJ Moten made an unbelievable tip drill interception, uh, in the fourth quarter. So they, they did pick him off twice, but yeah, coming back to what you asked me, uh, the D line looked okay. The, I would have liked more against Maryland, but what I'm hearing from a lot of the people that know ball more than me is that Maryland might actually have the second or third best offensive line that we have to play this year. Mm-hmm. And I certainly think they have one of the top offenses Michigan is going to see this year. Uh, so Overall, it's not great. You know, you give up about 400 yards, you give up 27 points. But if that ends up holding true that this Maryland offense is pretty good, um, then I would say that feels like a fine performance and gives us a goal, a good old TBD on the defensive line. Um, I will say to be a bit positive, the secondary rocked. Um, 
the, the one of the big things about this Maryland team is their wide receivers and how good they are. And they didn't do a ton. It, it, Michigan got hurt more in the run game than they did uh, by the receivers. Um, even when Michigan got some of its best pressure, I would even call some of those uh, secondary uh, pressures because there was just nobody open, you know, and it took a while. So uh, defense, I, I think it, as a whole is still TBD on exactly how good. Obviously, they're not going to be as good as last year's unit. I guess the question is, are they good enough to keep you in the game um so say we might not know until then <laughs> and, be I, and, I, and i agree because yeah. you know this is one of the years where i really just get annoyed about the state of college football because like i look at michigan's schedule and we won't know if they're the team that we thought they were until week 12 so that kind of it's just kind of it's nerve-wracking as a fan it makes it so it's just not quite as like fun during the year because you end up with games where Michigan beats a Maryland team who sh- maybe should be in the top 25 conversation and they're in control for all the entire second half and <laughs> end up winning and uh, and you don't feel good about it. So <laughs> that's uh, that's where I'm at. Um, but before we move on to your next question, I, I just want to gush about Blake Corum for a minute because the thing about Blake Corum when uh they when he was a freshman was people like joked like Mike Hart but fast and to be sitting here during his junior year and actually see that come to fruition is insane because they've kept him on the field in short yardage situations which was one of Michigan's big questions you know the coming into the year like you lose Haskins what do you do on those short yardage plays and Corum appears to very much be that dude. Both of his touchdowns came in. Uh, well, I guess it was a third and six on the second one and his long touchdown. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. It, he, he, he looks like a Heisman contender right now. Um, and obviously that could, you know, I've, we've said that about Michigan players in September in the past. But, well, I think that's also fair. I mean, we, said about Kenneth Walker and he's that's a that's a K9 yeah. game that he just had so yeah he he did and and so yeah i you, you leave this game in the moment on saturday i kind of felt like shit about it but when you get time to cool down look at everything i really think this is one where you look and you see how maryland does against michigan state you see how they continue to do you see how michigan's offense looks against a very good iowa defense this weekend and uh and we go from there i guess that's the fun of college football right yeah so no i mean i, mean, I didn't have any other questions i i guess like i don't know man like you, you you have to have these games it's not going to be easy sailing every week um but if you can get out of it without your quarterback making a mistake and get the win then uh, you know what do you it's it's it shows you that you are back to being what you expect out of Michigan a little bit, right? Yes. That you can be perturbed that you have to slog through to uh, to the Ohio State game to be tested. But I don't I don't have any counter argument. I don't really see uh, a challenger at this point. I think any loss that you guys take before Ohio State would be an upset of pretty pretty big proportions. I don't. I'm still I not agree. a believer in Penn State. So Me neither. And, and so. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and and we'll dig dirt further into that uh, as the season goes on. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. We we've spoken enough on this game. I do want to give a shout out. We were gonna talk a little bit more about um, hockey and kind of do a season vibes preview, but I do want to make everyone aware hockey season starts this this weekend. Uh, Michigan and Michigan State both playing exhibitions. Uh, MSU is playing the USNTDP, and Michigan is playing Windsor. Uh, I so, think I think you guys have the NTDP next week, right? Like during the midweek, I want to say. Uh, I don't I see it, out, but so I, maybe I was just potentially. Yeah, maybe, well, well, maybe someone's just tweeting out your guys' exhibitions. Yeah. Not that they were back to back, but yeah. Next, well, anyways, I think next week, depending on how 
the football goes this weekend and how much we have to talk about. We'll, we'll, you know what? I promise you this. We'll, if we don't have time in the main episode, we'll put out a quick hitter or something on a little we, bit of ho- hockey vibes check and we'll talk I, about the exhibitions. Uh, since I'm going to have to report here Wednesday and probably talk about how Talia Tagovailoa now is in the Heisman race because of his game against Michigan State, I think I might just have to record with you Sunday to do just hockey because I. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll yeah, figure it out. And, but we're we're gonna get you some hockey content next week. My I promise quick, you. That. My quick answer is the vibes are good. Yes. So yeah, we'll see. We'll get you some hockey vibes next week. Um, and just because we said so on Twitter, Michigan State beat Michigan two zero in soccer yesterday. They win the Big Bear at home. Jeremy gets some semblance of joy out of the week and hey man, uh that's a winning streak my bears won sunday soccer last night tuesday that's a winning streak baby and now i have to watch is. wolves probably lose to west ham and uh, you, you know we're not gonna get into the next i'm not two and oh no. yeah 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 you're two and oh uh so now let's dive into our pick segment take the second half of the show this will be pretty fun i think we got a good slate of games jeremy yeah brandon so i think yeah getting into the the picks of the week here i think it's important that people uh disregard what we said for the first half because we're not experts there but i'm 16 and 32 on picks for the year so scientists tell me yeah that's fade. pretty 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 good yeah pretty i good. would i would this segment is useful at least because I'm 20 and 28. I'm still doing dog shit too. Um, this you segment is useful because you should day. fade the house to find a podcast. Yeah. Um, we're going to jump Holy. right in with uh, the game I will be in attendance for. Big nude Saturday. Michigan traveling to Kinnick for an 11 a.m. local start. Kind of brutal for Ooh. Iowa there with their stripe, the stadium game. Uh, Michigan's an 11 point road favorite. And. I don't think there's a lot to preview here, but I'll, I'll give my thoughts. I think Michigan's going to cover. Um, Iowa's defense is really good, but I think Michigan's offense should be dynamic enough for it not to matter because Iowa's offense might be the worst Big Ten offense I've seen in a long, long time. And, uh, yeah, I, I think Michigan wins this by two touchdowns at least. Yeah, I don't see how Iowa hangs in this game. Um I know Maryland made it uglier than we thought. Obviously, he didn't cover the 17 and a half last week. But Maryland at least has a pulse. Yeah, I think has... Iowa's worse than Maryland. Yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. Straight up, Iowa may win just because they get into a dogfight and they try them down into the mud with them. But I, I think that uh, this is a game that Michigan uh, – the, the style of play is not one that I can't think Michigan can succeed. If we just saw Blake Corum – do what he can do in the offensive line, do what they can do. I don't think that this turning into a slog fest is a problem for Michigan. Um, so yeah, Michigan, I, easy. I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't feel that easy about it just cause you know, first road start for JJ. That is true. Yeah. And in, in, in what's going to be a tough environment, especially if something stupid happens and they go down early, that's going to be a really rowdy environment to be in. But yeah, like, like I said, I think Michigan's talent just wins out in this, and, and I don't think these teams are particularly close. So let's move on to uh, Purdue. You, oh yeah, before we ahead. do, breaking news on the pod. Oh shit! Oh shit! Coolio died. What? Coolio died. Oh my god! So I no. think I think we have our outro picked now. Bro, I literally thought you said Julio, like, and my brain jumped into Julio Jones for some reason. <laughs> no, I was like, no, what the fuck? No. I was like, you're being way too cool about this. Uh, no. no pun intended. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. R.I.P. to Julio. But yes, we will. Uh, we will. That's certainly, the outro. Okay. We will so, certainly use that as the outro. Julio, who uh, had a great song, Games Must Paradise, which is not about West Lafayette, that's for sure. Uh, or St. Paul because this game will be in St. Paul so there goes my joke Um, yeah Minnesota 12 and a half point favorites Brendan preseason you and I we tried to will best AOC into winning the Big Ten West and sadly as I watched Purdue be in a one possession game with Florida Atlantic on Saturday night 
they're low key assy. Um, no, I will say they were missing their starting quarterback and like six contributors, but you still shouldn't be in a game like that. No, I, no. I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, that tells me you're going to have a bad time playing a, whatever we think of Michigan State and how bad they were. This is a competent Minnesota team. Now they, they will go to the Big Ten Championship and give whoever wins the East a game at all good Minnesota team, but it's a competent Minnesota team and 12 and a half points. That seems like an easy cover. I, I maybe not easy because Purdue can just become like the one Purdue game a year where they get the upset, right? But I, I don't know, man. That yeah, I, I'm with you. By the sad. way, on this pick. makes me sad because this this is gonna bury this is gonna bury what we tried to will into existence, and, and I'm sad. That's about okay. That. We we clearly are really bad at this so it's <laughs> it, it doesn't matter but you know maybe hey maybe us picking men both picking minnesota to cover a 12 and a half point spread is willing purdue uh <laughs> win into existence so, so yeah I, I love the boilers but i just can't see them covering this minnesota has looked too good so we were pretty boring for the first two brendan i see your pick on the sheet the next one spicy oh this I is not let you lead it off Okay, so we're at we're Illinois at Wisconsin. Wisconsin's a seven point home favorite, and folks, I just don't see that. Burt has got the Illinois run game rolling. They are gonna cover the spread, and they are gonna win this fucking game. This can't be the first time they've played because they're both in the West. I was about to say, is this the first time we're getting Burt in Wisconsin? Oh oh, my god, straight up! Oh, I'm taking them straight up. Burt's gonna roll into Camp Randall and win. Oh my I'm taking the money line. I'll do it live on the podcast. One second. Listen, listen. If you if this bet hits, if this bet hits, we're gonna have a little. It's not. I don't know if it's a side bet because like if your bet hits, you have to do what I tell you to do. But that's okay. <laughs> we're a union. If this bet hits, I need you for a week to change your avatar to the big blue swinging dick from the Watchmen because if you hit this. You can't place a bet the rest of the season. This is the biggest walk-off win. Not that it's going to be that shocking, but you put money on Bert and then Bert paid you. That's money that you hide from Uncle Sam. You can't plus, tell them. Plus 220. Let's go, dude. I'm ah, man. putting five bucks on it. We're, we're rolling. <sighs> Do I think Bert's that competent? <laughs> yeah, you haven't made your pick on the sheet yet. Paul Chris is a pretty angry individual. I think he wants he wants to beat Burt pretty bad. I'm gonna go with Wisconsin, sure, but I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm sure he to, wants to beat him really bad, but I don't, I don't think, dude. We have we have to have some variation. And again, it's hard because like I can't take anything out of Wisconsin getting destroyed by Ohio State because that went exactly the way I thought it would. But then I come back to all right, here's my hot take with Wisconsin. That's the most winnable game for Michigan State this month in October. And that tells me a lot. It's not a hot take. And they lost. I think Maryland's better than Wisconsin. By a chunk. I'm going to take Wisconsin, but I don't like it. I don't like it. I'm glad that I don't like you don't what I'm like doing it. there. Time for it to mean more, though. This next pick means more because we're going down to SEC country. Post- fun game of the Saturday. I agree, and I'm sad that it's in the time slot where I'm going to be in the stadium at Kinnick. Um, Kentucky at Ole Miss. Ole Miss, a seven-point home favorite. I really like both of these teams. Um, But I've, I I really like this Kentucky team. I don't know if it's just the way they play, like that they're kind of the more gritty side of things. I, I And Lane Kiffin's kind of a dickweed. So, like, uh, give me Kentucky. Yeah, Big Blue's going to roll. Well, I don't know about roll, but I think they'll lose by less than seven. <laughs> or win. So the, the most shocking thing, and I think this week is where we will test it, the most shocking thing about the Ole Miss season so far, that defense has been spicy. Like... If that defense true. stays at the numbers that they've been staying at, like in SP plus and other analytics, if that stays true and it's not just a symptom of their schedule, this Ole Miss team could really be interesting to follow. Um, I'm going to take Ole Miss here because I think that I do believe in that defense against this Kentucky offense. The most extended view I had of Kentucky was against Florida where they did win in the swamp and it was a good win. We've also seen that Florida Beating Florida does not mean what we thought it meant at the time. 
And Kentucky really struggled to do that. So I like Ole Miss here. This is by far the best, most fun game that I see on Saturday, and I'm looking forward to it. What I'm not looking forward to is the Ole Miss jerseys, which are hideous. They did a real tree combo. Oh, really? Uh, I haven't seen these yet. Oh, like, Brendan. I live reaction on the pod. I'm, look, I'm looking. Oh, let me let me put these in the chat, man. It, okay. It's bad. You know what real tree is, right? Okay. Brendan's not country enough, folks. Real tree, Carhartt uh, makes real tree. And it's like the hunting camo that you see, right? Like, oh, no. Not military camo. No, I know like exactly what you're talking camo. about. But see, it's not terrible. My son has real tree. Uh, Ole Miss, nowhere near a green or brown to do that. So their real tree combo was to do real tree, real tree wave, which I don't know. Maybe that's a different product for like the water. Um, all blue and white, and it is fucking hideous. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's not great. Oh, it's Brennan. not as bad as you painted the picture. Of. Oh no! Let uh, me send you I bet hoodie. it'll look good from afar. No, the helmet's not bad. Let me send you the. Oh, hoodie. I haven't seen the jersey. And oh, then you're gonna. Oh wait, no, I saw the. I actually, in retrospect, I saw the hoodie. The video, like the video, have you seen? Yeah. No, I just saw it on Lane Kiffin from his press conference today. Bad, bad. But I'm still gonna take Ole Miss. Uh, I, I actually, Lane Kiffin is a dick, but he's like the type of dick I really like. So I have a soft spot for Lane Kiffin. Like pause. <laughs> uh. Jeremy admitting to liking a certain kind of dick on the podcast, folks. We got him. Uh, sir. I Sorry. incorporate fines for those who don't shower on my men's league hockey team. I'm a fan. Dicks. <laughs> fan. Uh, but, no, I, my energy <laughs> my energy in life is that when I see something about to go right because I called the perfect play, you better believe I'm throwing that fucking clipboard before the wide receiver even catches it. You better believe it. Oh God, that yeah, that hoodie is not good. Oh, I, I will say, um, but people, you need to watch it if you're not in the stadium, like Brendan, or yes. watching Michigan because you are a Michigan fan. If you're a Michigan State fan, I think we're at three thirty kick. You have the noon window open. This is the game to watch. Don't do the thing where you watch your rival because you want to care more about what your rival's doing. Don't do that. Don't fall for that. Or at least make this, it your second screen. Yeah, this is the game. This is gonna be fun. This is going to be a fun game. This, I'm excited. Ole Miss this, has a truck in the race at uh, Talladega this weekend. They're sponsoring a truck. It's a six game. If Kentucky had more of a, a name or just like people just thought more of Kentucky, but we didn't have an NC State versus Clemson top 10 matchup going on, this would be the game day game, and we could maybe get Katy Perry back with a corn dog. And just... <laughs> That's the future that liberals want, and that's the future Jesus that I Christ. want. Uh, okay, you don't get any explanation. I just want to hear your pick. Rutgers at Ohio State. Ohio State a 40.5 point favorite. Uh, Ohio State is who I'm taking. Who are you taking? Ohio State. Uh, oh, Rutgers. Rutgers. Oh, wait, no, I said you didn't get an explanation. Shut up. That's my question at Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> Rutgers, this is explanation, folks. Northwestern at Penn State. Uh, Northwestern lost to fucking Miami last Woo! weekend. You don't fuck around with Chuck Martin. That's my dog. Bro, I, I told heard you this. on the show. I told you on the show. That was my favorite pick of last week. You also took it. So yeah, yeah. We would so, both get it. So, Jeremy, yes. I heard this stat on the MGO podcast this oh, week. Please get me. In the last 40 years, uh, Miami of Ohio has four wins over the Big Ten, and they're all against Northwestern. <laughs> oh my God! Okay, so yeah. Uh, anyways, Northwestern is at Penn State this week. They're playing in Happy Valley. Uh, Penn State favored by twenty five and a half, and I'm taking that with my eyes closed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Penn State. Penn State beat Auburn on the road by more than that, right? And and I know Auburn's not great, but come on, man. At home, Northwestern, this I guess you can't really push this line too much higher, but it feels kinda kinda easy to, to say that Penn State 25 and a half. I guess like Sean Clifford is why this is 25 and a half, right? It has to be. Yeah, Sean Clifford, who looked uh 
surprisingly good on with the deep ball against Central. And I know that's Central, but to be honest, I'd take Central against Northwestern. And as we talked and, about before on the show, because we love SP Plus, we love Bill C and all the free work that he does. Absolutely. He's usually pretty close to the Vegas line. He has Penn State by 30. Four and a half is pretty big on Bill C. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to this later because I have another point about Northwestern, but I, that comes up later in the podcast. Uh, this one, we're going back to SEC country. I really like this game, and to be honest, I don't get the spread on it. So Alabama is at Arkansas. Uh, the Tide are 17-point favorites, and I know Alabama's Alabama, but Arkansas has a really good team this year. They're at home. This is obviously their Super Bowl for the season. I would favor Alabama, but by 17? This feels like an easy Arkansas pick to me. So this is the game we hyped up last week. We were hoping that Arkansas would come off a win over Texas A&M to, uh, to set up even a bigger week this week yeah. against Alabama. Rebound. Um. I mean, I watched that game against Texas A&M. I really want Sam Pittman, and I, I still believe Arkansas is a good team. Um, but that really felt like a game Arkansas should have won. They really made a ton of mistakes. That is not a good Texas A&M team. This feels like the game where you go into it and you're like, this team is competent. Alabama's kind of shaky. It's early October. They've been shaky all year. Why is the line this high? And then this is the game with Alabama switch flips. And they go out and they win by like 34, and you're like, ah, that's why. I could see it. So yeah. I I don't hope for it. I hope. I mean, I like I said, I'm a big, I'm in the bag for Sam Pittman. Love the guy. I I, I don't want to see them get destroyed by Alabama this weekend, but it just feels again, we're a vibes show. I will give you no numbers on this, but it just feels like one of those where like this is where the flip switches, and all of a sudden Alabama's back to just doing what Alabama does. I mean yeah, he's I, I think played that's Vanderbilt last week. He can't take anything out of playing Vanderbilt. Um, no, but yeah, your, I don't your know. logic is sound, Jeremy, and at least one of us will be right, which is an improvement over a lot of games. Uh, <laughs> all right, time for the other uh, big preview of the show. Um, you already touched on how you feel about it. Michigan State traveling to Maryland. Uh, Maryland's an eight and a half point favorite at home. That's a big line. But I still think I'm gonna take Maryland. I just I think they're just gonna score so many points. Yeah, uh, I'll take Maryland. Prove it to me, Michigan State. You know, I will gladly be wrong on this. Yeah, if it's a Michigan State win, <laughs> um, but uh, I won't be glad if it's a under eight and a half loss because that won't do anything for me. But um, yeah, man, I don't. The only hope you had as a Michigan State fan, and it wasn't even. It was nihilist hope when you thought, oh, well, maybe their number one wide receiver is going to be out. Maybe Talia is going to be out. It doesn't matter. The backup quarterback could come in and have a career day because right now, until this defense shows you anything and you see some people back healthy, which is really the big key, uh, this coaching staff has proven over the end of last season plus the beginning of this season, they don't really have a way when the talent's not there to just scheme their way into keeping the game close. So why should we expect it? I will say uh, they did. Uh, did they scheme their way against Michigan last year? Or was that just Kenneth Walker being Kenneth Walker? I would argue that that was before the bottom fell out on that defense. I mean, Andrew Anthony had himself a game. Yeah, I don't know. Michigan but... tore you all up. That was, I mean, that was not a yeah. defense driven win. But there was a lot of good drives out of that defense. Like, I mean, you can't even. And you got the interception at the end. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't even compare it. And you were still getting pressure, still getting sacks. Like, it doesn't even compare to the incompetence of last week. But, but no, obviously. But but I'm just talking, like you were talking about, you haven't yet to see this staff scheme their way into a win. I I don't know if. I think the difference is. You would argue that they did enough to scheme them. Because I mean, like, just look at. I think, I think my argument is that they had most of the starters for that game, and so the scheme they okay. made combined with the talent did the job. Yeah. Um, yeah, and at that's this fair. Point, at this point, they need to scheme that way with a lesser talent, and I think that the issue is they they haven't shown that when there's a wider talent gap than there was in that game. Like, I mean, you know, I mean. 
that I think most of the starters were in that Michigan game. I can't remember off the top of my head if there was any injuries heading into it that were notable. Um, but I mean, you had Xavier Henderson because he gave the great post game press conference. Like, just there's just little things like that that I don't think that uh, is comparable. But that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, they did, no, that, they schemed, that's fair. But I would also I was just asking really because they, they I... schemed on offense. When I say scheme here, I mean scheme on defense. Okay. I think Jay Johnson can put together a game if Peyton Thorne's healthy. We still have Keon Coleman, Peyton Thorne. The running game may not get going the way we hope. I would love to see Eli Collins get some run in this game um, just to see, you know, obviously the other two are not, they're not quite blended into the team yet and doing what we hoped they would do. Um, You know, maybe give Eli Collins some run. He's shown in the past he's a Big Ten running back. Neither one of these two guys have shown it yet. Uh you have the passing weapons. I can I can believe that Jay Johnson can put up some points to hang with Maryland. I can believe that. And here, I don't know on defense if we can scheme it, and I don't think the Michigan game proves that they could scheme that day either because yeah, the offense is what schemed the win, right? So, yeah. And, which I thought I, Jay Johnson called a great game that weekend, to be honest. Like, yes, Kenneth Walker had home runs all night and everything like that, but I thought Jay Johnson was in his bag in that Michigan game. He was. And one thing I will say to Jay Johnson's credit, and I guess you could argue that um, development counts as part of his job, but Peyton Thorne put up those performances last year. Mm-hmm. You have to realize that was a lot easier when you had such a prolific run game for the defenses to worry about. And so, so maybe the talent level isn't maybe where we thought it was at the end of last year, not to not to demean him because he's clearly a good big 10 quarterback, but a lot of people were maybe expecting a jump compared to where he was last year because they needed it. And maybe he benefited from having Kenneth Walker where, you know, defenses didn't have to worry about the pass game as much. And so he got some more opportunities because of that. I don't know. Just riffing here. Let's move on. We got some big 12 football to talk about. This is a really fun game as well. Uh, Oklahoma State at Baylor. Baylor is a two-point favorite at home. This one I kind of hemmed and hawed about, uh, but then at the end of the day, I don't know enough about either team. So Baylor, <laughs> I'm taking the home home favorite to win. All I know is that I we, we took Baylor. I think we both took them for Baylor. You, you made your late change to Baylor, so we did both take them. For the BYU we did take, game. We did take them for the BYU game, and they did not show up the way I thought they would, a team that then BYU goes out and the next week gets absolutely punked. So I'm never going to go with Mike Gundy and the OAN t-shirt. I have to go with Baylor, and that's not that's good, much better. But I like David He seems fine. I yeah. the school, but Baylor, I don't know. Um, yeah, Baylor. Me and Baylor. At home, they're, they're a good team. I don't know what happened at BYU weekend, but I still think they're probably – one of the top two teams in the big 12. So give me Baylor. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, like I said, I mean, I agree with that pick this one. I find this line really interesting. Um, yeah. I don't get it. Wake forest traveling to Florida state, Florida state, a seven point home favorite to me. The only justification I could see that line is if, is if you're thinking about just, if you're overvaluing maybe that LSU win for Florida state, um, I like Wake Forest here. They are coming off a, a close loss. I think it was double or triple overtime to Clemson. Yeah, double and, overtime uh, loss. And, and, and so maybe you have that effect of the team's just bummed out. But to me, I mean, they were really close to Clemson. This is a must win if they want to stay in a New Year's Six conversation. And all I need them to do is not lose by more than a touchdown. I I, I really like the the Demon Deacons here. Yeah, I think uh, the only thing that I think – I mean, I think this line just shows that there's a lot – and we, maybe maybe people are nationally are not talking enough about it. Um, I mean, Jordan Travis, pretty awesome QB down at Florida State. And I think that – I think that's where this line comes from because when he has been healthy and played, Florida State's – looked much better than I thought they were going to this year. Um, but no, I agree with you. I'm still on Wake Forest on this. Uh, I'm almost intrigued the way that you made a live bet earlier to to go Illinois over Wisconsin to uh-huh. put a little something on Wake Forest here. But also at the same time, like I, I do believe in the hangover of 
that was a pretty tough loss to Clemson last week. Maybe they they don't pull off a win here, but I, I think they keep it close. Um, odd line. I didn't expect to see Florida State by seven. I got to be honest. Oh, me neither. I, I really couldn't believe it. A friend texted me that line earlier this week, and I was like, friend of the show, actually. It was uh, it was at John Rothstein. John... Johnny Vare. Johnny Vare. Sorry, I used his bad. So he texted me that line, and I was just Smartest. like, man, what the hell? Smartest member of this show because he did picks one week and then he has not submitted picks in our picks contest since. So <laughs> smartest man in this yeah, show. Definitely. Uh this is I gotta ask you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hit me with it. Next game. Indiana, Nebraska. Nebraska's five and a half point favorites, just to set the scene. <laughs> Brandon, I know I last time we saw Nebraska, Oklahoma just eviscerates them. I know. Have you seen Indiana? You're oh, taking... I've seen it, brother. You're talking to a firm Indiana hater here. I don't think that's a good team, and they have absolutely lucked their way into this. But I just need to read for you uh, something real quick. Earlier when we were talking about Northwestern, I would say, I said I would circle back to them. And that's because we talked about Northwestern losing to Miami. They've also lost to Southern Illinois and Duke. And guess what, buddy? They beat Northwestern week week zero. You mean this they beat is, Nebraska? Or, fuck me. Yeah. yeah. I they beat Nebraska. Man, I had a good <sighs> rant going. I was I was really podcasting there and then I fucked it up. But regardless, that doesn't change the fact that this Northwestern team seems absolutely terrible and still beat Nebraska. I don't give a damn about a coaching change. I don't give a damn about a bye. I think Indiana is going to win this game straight up, and I'm going to be mad about it because I had Indiana under four uh, <laughs> wins on the year. And so, uh, but yeah, I, I can't see Nebraska covering a five and a half point spread as favorites. I'm 16 and 32 for a reason. It's because I think Nebraska is going to cover this. I don't know. I'm terrible. I'm dumb, but uh, I don't know, man. I really hate Indiana football. I love home field apparel. If you're, they're not listening. I love you, home field. And I loved when Indiana was fun. But the, the Apple really, I think got sour on that real quick. Like they lose, they're not fun anymore. Like they used to have like some fun offense. Like you had, uh, why am I? He 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 beat our team's ass so bad. I don't want to remember that the Washington coach when he was the OC at Indiana was fun. Like Hart even at Indiana was fun, but they just they replaced all the fun parts with the worst, most boring Big Ten coaches. And I feel more confident that Michigan State beats Indiana than Rutgers. That's how little I think of Indiana right now. I, I don't blame you. I agree. I'm <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, you can hear me. You would have heard me cough. Anyways, uh, I agree that I feel more confident about MSU beating Indiana rather than Rutgers. Um, and still, that doesn't. That's how low I think of Nebraska, Jeremy. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I think Nebraska. I take really, Nebraska really, really here. Everything that I spit about Indiana. I, on the flip side, I have to say that I believe in Nebraska, and that doesn't feel good, but uh, it's almost Halloween. We're in October for this game. Red balloon, clowns, it, I don't know. God damn it. Uh, uh, that's fine. I we miss my team being good at football. Hey, man. Who knows? Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. The, our last so, game of the week. Is, uh, go ahead. I realize we, we walked ourselves into a hot take here because we said the top 10 matchup for game day is not the game of the week because we're we have class here we we don't just go to the five star restaurant and tell you like oh this is the best steakhouse you got to go we know the taqueria off the side of the street that has kentucky ole miss but you know game day tells you you got to care about nc state clemson this week six and a half point favorite clemson at home what are you doing, Brandon? Where are you going with it? I, I'm taking Clemson begrudgingly. 
Um, I just think a night game at home for those guys. The crowd is going to be juice coming off of a huge win against Wake Forest. Uh, NC State obviously has a ton of hype coming into this year, and I will not be let it be known this was very hard for me to pick, and I didn't enjoy picking Clemson. I would not be surprised at all to see NC State make this a game and win. But, as a, but as an over... I think I think Clemson's gonna win by like two touchdowns. So as an over eight and a half bet on NC State, I would love to see them win it. I still don't believe in DJU. I know DJU has kind of put two weeks together. Um pretty good play. I if he does it this week, this is where I'll, I'll flip the script and say that like I believe in DJU. He's finally met some of the potential. He's never going to be Trevor Lawrence. He's never going to be, you know, a Deshaun Watson, which is good for him if he's not Deshaun Watson in more ways than one. But <laughs> um, I I just think that this is the week where I decide I either am wrong on DJU and he's and I and I and I I bailed on him too soon, and he just needs some time to adjust, or I'm right in my NC State pick because I am taking NC State. And just as much as I love Wake Forest football, man, they're not a defensive team. So DJU lighting them up doesn't tell me anything. This is the game that I think will prove to me if he's if he's going to hold off Cade Klubnik for the whole season or not. Um, I'm going to take the Wolfpack straight up, which is a terrible idea. No one put money on the Wolfpack straight up, but I'm going to do it because... I wonder what that money line is. Yeah, it's got to be something. NC State is the classic team that as soon as you start to expect things out of them, they don't do things, which, I mean, it's kind of like sex with a college basketball coaching legend. Like, you think it'd be really good. He's really good at coaching basketball. He's going to be really good at sex. And then six letters, six seconds later, you're at an Italian restaurant with a little bit of yogurt. And Whoa, whoa, whoa. It was 15 seconds, man. Ah, you should all drink 14% beers and then record a podcast. That's a really smart idea. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a very fun, exciting episode of the House Divided podcast. We're both very excited to be here. Uh, I think I'm a little less excited. Uh, Jeremy, how are you? Well, Brendan, that noise that you maybe have heard on my professional headphone equipment there is 14% beer called the chocolate of death because I wish I was dead. Well, how are yeah, you doing? I, oh, I'm doing great. Uh, <sighs> little behind the scenes here. Um, I just found out an hour ago that I had the opportunity to head to Iowa this weekend and it'll be my first Big Ten road game and I'm going and it's going to be a blast. I'm going to get to wave to the uh, sick kids. No disrespect. Maybe shouldn't have said that on air, but here we are. Listen, buddy, who cares? You're you're bulletproof this year. I'm bulletproof this year. Colt Brennan. You guys still destroy Hawaii. You can say whatever uh, you want to say. I just hope okay. you have a better road experience than I had, man. I my team got molly whopped when I went on the road. So yeah, but that was Ohio State. So that's a yeah. Little I bit mean, different. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll feel the equivalent of how you felt if uh, Michigan doesn't cover the spread. Um, <laughs> but you anyways, not feel that hangover and that you almost fought like a sixty-year-old man. Uh, we'll find out. There's plenty, of, plenty a of weekend to go. So we'll see. I'll, I'll report back with my from from boots on the ground at Kinnick. Um, but but I just have to ask you, and this is going to be a disrespectful question. So just get ready for it. How does it feel to watch Mel Tucker do the Brady Hoke speed run? Oh my God! <laughs> Listen, like like Michigan fans. I will not quit on him until he puts the concussed kid back on the field. But uh, um, yeah, man, I don't know. It, we, we'll dive into whether it's a Brady Hoke speed run. It's just an easy comparison to make because you see Brady started out going eleven and two with a New Year's Six win, uh, propelled mm-hmm. by a superstar player in Denard Robinson, and Mel Tucker went eleven and two with a New Year's Six win, propelled by a star player in Kenneth Walker. And uh, 
and now it appears he's on track to not make a bowl game, which I know you would argue and you think I'm putting the cart in front of the horse, but we'll, we'll get into that. We'll see. I, I might be on your side. Oh God. <laughs> no, I need more fight from you, Jeremy. Come on. <laughs> Every fight I had, PJ Fleck, who I have no personal issue with, but PJ Fleck, who Mel Tucker should just break in half over his knee, absolutely came into Spartan Stadium and just whipped ass for three and a half to four hours. Yeah, so we can talk about the fact that the score wasn't as bad as the game was, right? Because, like, that was a that was like a 49 to zero type, like... I, I know that's not how it ended yeah. up, but like yardage wise and control of the game, I think uh, Minnesota had a fumble in the red zone at one point. I, it, I, well, so did we, but yeah. Well, yes, you did too. And, and you guys had plenty of turnovers that kind of could be deemed as luck, but, but just, yeah, it was an ass whooping and uh, PJ Fleck with his, with his wide stance on the sideline. I know you probably didn't get to see that because there's no way no, you've watched any tape from that game and you were in the stadium. He's directly across from me at the stadium. I noticed it. God, <laughs> do I God damn it. With his fucking aviators on. <laughs> hey, now we will say, salesman. hey, 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 Minnesota is ranked fifth in SP plus right now. That's That's a true fact. Or wait, no, it's not. Well, there it might be, but they're fifth in some metric. And... This is our hard hitting analysis, baby. God damn it! I listen. They're fifth in something, and I think it's SP plus. But either way, they're a top ten team by most metrics. So I do want to say that. However, you don't want to lose like that to anybody in the country outside of maybe the top three teams, like like Georgia, Bama, and Ohio State. Like I. I you, you just don't want to see that. And uh, we did. Um, I would like to just, since this is my opportunity to grave dance, um, and you'll have this opportunity too, and I do not want to derive you of that later on. So feel free to come at me hard when the time comes. But a couple of weeks ago, Frozen Jeremy, I don't know if you can hear me. Say prayers in the street A 